0: everyone welcome to a new episode of in other
1: words with danielle and zara so this is a podcast where we talk about a wide variety of different subjects from capitalism to faith so in other words we talk about
0: all the things things. (laughs) (laughs) we try Uh, we try we try really really hard um Okay, so before we get into the nutty gritty of this podcast, yes. um, I do want to promote a local brand called The Sister Co. On Instagram, they are thesisterco.za, so the thesisterco.za, and they are a local jewelry brand. I recently nice. bought a necklace from them at the CY market, which is... Long closed by the time this episode comes out, but um, yeah, it's really nice. They've got a wide variety of um, different jewelry, so I would definitely recommend checking them out. Cool, we love jewelry. We do love jewelry. So and we love local brands. We do love local brands. Thank you for that. You're so today we are doing sort of a deep dive sort of episode on true crime. Yes. So I do want to say that we probably will discuss some sensitive things. So if you are like very sensitive to hearing some yeah. things, then maybe give this episode a skip. But we're not. We're not exactly. Well, I'm not going to be discussing any cases or anything super in depth.
1: But yeah, no. obviously there will we're be mentioned of difficult things. Describing murder. In we depth. will not be doing that. Because yeah. neither of us have murdered anyone.
0: And we'll never do that either. Hopefully. hopefully (laughs) yeah so yeah we're pretty much just going to be taking a nuanced look at true crime and yeah what it means for society why we like it so much and by we I mean society as a whole and its effects on us and also its origins which are actually very
1: very interesting cool okay So. so Danielle As we do with a lot of episodes, I feel like it's only Mm -hmm. fair that you start us off with a definition of true crime. I shall do that.
0: Thank you. Okay. So true crime is a nonfiction, literary, film, and podcast genre wherein the author examines an actual crime and details the actions of real individuals. So sorry, you are probably the more avid true crime consumer than I am. I am. Um, Not to say that I never watched anything, but...
1: I've been watching this since I was like 13.
0: Yes. So do you want to give us some examples of true crime movies or series or anything like that? Anything that springs to your
1: mind that you already loved? I think that I'll give like recommendations at the end. Okay. But the one thing that I will say is that like DSTV had, I don't know if they still do, a whole channel. Mm. just The crime channel. Like the crime channel, yes. Yeah. And like the fact that you can have a whole channel and have things play 24 hours a day. Like there is enough crime out there. Um And enough Crazy. documentation of things just speaks to how popular the genre is. And mm-hmm. it usually, it's not just like reporting crime. Like, that's the news um it's usually like serial killers or like super high profile cases or like very obscure things yeah Mm -hmm. and so I think what I used to enjoy a lot growing up which sounds weird but I think that it was my my aunt really was very fascinated with it so I would just watch it with her and then my gran more into the like the not true crime but fiction I think like a There's always going to be a fascination in my family for it. So I think Mm -hmm. that's where I picked it up. Yeah. So before, I think when I was younger, and this is probably deranged, and praise the Lord, I turned out okay. (laughs) But I really enjoyed... Praise the Lord. (laughs) I really enjoyed documentaries where they detailed crimes. So they take you through the story of a crime. I was always just really fascinated and horrified by that. Yeah. And I always look forward to like the themed weeks, like DSTV had like a cult week where every night they'd have like documentaries on cults. Um, But now I find, and I think that I don't know if they, if this is becoming more of a popular thing or not, but now instead of just simply detailing a crime, a lot of documentaries now really go into the psychology and the societal effects of crimes And that I find like a very captivating. Mm. now. like I'm more drawn to that than just like hearing the details of a of a crime. Yeah, but yeah, I want to know about the history. Tell me all about it.
0: Okay, so all of this information that I'm about to say is from internet sources. I did not do any primary research myself, obviously.
1: You did not go Um, to the
0: library or talk to a serial killer. I did not do that. I hope I will never talk to a serial killer, but you never know. Anyone could be a serial killer. <laughs> okay.
1: What a great um, way to
0: start the episode. Exactly. Okay. So true crime has been around for quite a while. So most sources that I found have said that it sort of began in the 1500s as a mm-hmm. genre per se. Um, so it sort of arose with the printing press as more things started to be be printed and also as people yeah. became more literate then they began obviously to read more and so before I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote here before yes. written true crime became a widespread concept dark stories and sensational crimes were typically passed around in the form of ballads one such ballad is the I don't know how to pronounce this ghost gosport I don't know The Gospel Tragedy, or the Perjured Ship Carpenter, which was written in the 1560s. In this gruesome tale, a carpenter gets a woman pregnant, spends an evening digging her grave, then murders her under the guise of a meeting to plan their wedding. Her ghost then haunts him in order to get justice for her death. So that was one of the first crime ballads that people would like to read. Wow. And also between uh, 1550 and 1700, British authors and printers produced an unprecedented number of publications that reported on capital crimes. And like I said, as literacy rates expanded and new technologies emerged, people would print these crime pamphlets,
1: which were when short When I read unbound, that, I was quite surprised, like to buy, like pamphlets. I know. I know. read like true crimes. Literally. Strange. You had to do
0: what you had to do back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Um, Anyway, these were uh, short unbound books of roughly six to 24 pages, which detailed horrific murders. And these were quite widely circulated during this era. Um, But it's also important to note that this was mainly among the upper classes. So even though
1: Mm. you
0: would expect like lower class people to do this more, Upper-class people obviously had access more to this and were more literate than lower-class people.
1: And so much Um, time on their hands.
0: Yes, so much time. Um, So, yeah, they really detailed all kinds of crimes, especially things that were domestic or sex-related murders, women's criminal activities, bloody assaults, and a lot of them also included woodcuts, which illustrated the crime in detail. And, um, yeah... Uh, do you want to tell me what
1: you have and then so i didn't i didn't do much research on the origins i did more research Mm -hmm. on how why it's become like such a phenomenon um Mm -hmm. but the one thing i did see was just the fact that like a lot of its origins are also found in asia in like asian culture oh really me, i've personally only ever seen it as like something that like we yes are super interested in but apparently, that isn't the case. So, that was That's very interesting. interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so maybe I'll just give some more info on the crime pamphlets. Please. Yes. So, th- the crime pamphlets were um, not a uniform genre, from what I could tell. Um, they varied in tone and all that kind of stuff. So, for example, some of them were state propaganda, some were more moralizing tales. Um, Some were sympathetic explorations of criminal lives. And a lot of them also highlighted the struggles that the poor and marginalized um, faced. But a lot of them were, like, very sensationalized, obviously. Mm. And, yeah, it also had, like, a lot of religious sort of undertones. So saying, like, for example, they discussed how God's mercy had limits when it comes to the perpetrators of such horrible crimes. And, yeah, a, a lot of them at the end of... The pamphlets would have some sort of moral uh, story, so um, yeah, don't do this if you wanna if you don't want to end up like this, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, um, amongst this true crime genre, there were um, execution sermons that found their way into the true crime records. So um, execution sermons were composed to be delivered before the execution of a criminal. And those who attended the execution would hear the sermon and learn a great deal the circumstances which led the guilty party to this faith and how they must act to avoid execution. And the preachers placed emphasis on the guilty oh. party's act of choice to engage in the crime that was now resulting in the execution. And this was very popular, especially amongst execution of witches. Yeah. Oh and... Yeah, a lot, there was some moral moral ambiguity as well, and sometimes ballads were told from the criminal's perspective, which is quite interesting.
1: That is interesting.
0: Yeah. And then I have some more
1: about how, like what it became in the 19th century. Was it that Um, when they, like it started moving to other print, like magazines and stuff? Because I did read a bit about that. Yeah, they basically, had, also... Was called. There was one, like, very famous crime magazine, but obviously eventually oh, okay. died out.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, this is basically when, like, detective stories and all that became more um, prominent. So we had mm-hmm. writers like Charles Dickens and William Thackeray who sort of spoke about these things. Mm-hmm. And um, th- this was also around the time in the... When was it? About like after 1829 or something like that, when more police forces actually started popping up and the like forensic studies started to emerge. So this was like looking at fingerprints and all that kind of stuff. So that made its way into like investigator stories. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it also shifted away from the pamphlets and the execution sermons and towards what's called Penny Dreadful's essays. And essays and penny dreadfuls are exaggerated local crime stories and sensationalizing sensationalizing them to keep people entertained week to week, Mm -hmm. and yeah, um, like I said, forensics started to become more of a thing, and these scientific advances shaped the public's interests in true crime mysteries. And by the end of the century, now this is more about America. Americans were more comfortable with the concept of forensic science and more significantly with the notion of the inspector and the decisions about innocent and, innocence and guilt were no longer reliant on divine justice but rather on human intelligence mm-hmm. and one of the biggest cases of this time was the Lizzie Borden case um, so yeah you guys can go check that out but that basically happened in 1892 and it was something like uh this girl murdered her mother and father, supposedly, and it gained, like, a, it was basically the trial of the century, and it garnered basically, like, as much, if not more at the time, uh, attention than OJ's proceedings, which wow. was a century later. Yeah. Wow. And, like, what? what's significant about this case is just how the media handled the case, because you had different, like, newspapers, like, the New York Times... Um, provided, like, factual, emotionless information while the Boston Globe sensationalized the case with frequent references to bloody hatchets and crushed skulls. And, yeah, so that's what was quite important about that case. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and then another important book um, in 1966 was Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, which led to a surge in true crime content being consumed. Mm -hmm. And um, a quote that I got, I can't remember... Where it was from? All of this, a lot of this. These are not my own words. I'm, I'm yes. just saying. A lot of this is literally. She's not plagiarizing like, everyone. I'm not plagiarizing. Yeah. Go. Just go do your own research. <laughs> so <laughs> one quote that I liked that says, um, "Since the early modern murder pamphlet, true crime has asked us to consider how we, as a society, both contribute to and learn from the most shocking acts of our age."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously now it's going to get into that.
0: It's gotten more, more popular. Later. I think yes. um, the first mainstream true crime podcast was called Serial, which was created in 2014. And yeah, since then... I listened to that today. Did you? Nice. Yeah. Since then,
1: it's gotten very, very popular. And Zara, do you want to tell yes. us why? About. So before we even go to why people like it, we'll just t- talk about the growing genre. Um, yes. So it's interesting how true crime as a literary genre or genre of entertainment has developed along with psychology. Yeah. So like the term serial killer was only, um, what would the word be only coined in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So they didn't actually oh, wow. have a word for serial killer. And like Jack the Ripper is referred to often as the first, documented serial killer but he, mm. i mean there were serial killers far before him they're probably oh, 100%. Been throughout the history of man mm. um but yeah it's just interesting that as true crime and the entertainment there has oh. increased um then so too has research like a lot of research has mm. been poured into it and i wonder like would people be would academics be or academics or those in the academic field Mm -hmm. academia Um, (laughs) academia so passionate because of the growing interest of like people or are people more interested because of the growing research it's all very interesting Mm. how the two play off of each other but since 2006 it has been the fastest growing genre wow in film and tv Mm -hmm. and i saw this on Pretty much every website I went to is that women are by far in the majority. I also saw that, yeah. Of people who consume true crime. And many people will say that it evokes fear or serves as a warning or as some sort of awareness or entertainment. There are various reasons. Um, But I think the reason why it's become so popular is because I don't know if we are more desensitized as a society now than back in the day. I don't know, but I will say that there is just, like, so much more availability, you know? Like yeah. You couldn't really watch true crime back in the day if you didn't have, like, DSTV, but now there are, like, podcasts and mm-hmm. it's social media. It's it's everywhere. So I think because of the availability, I think that's how the genre... That's mm. why the genre has, has grown. Um,
0: shall we go into why... Like the psychological reasons why people yes, might be fascinated
1: definitely. by true crime. Definitely. Cool. Um, okay. So, do you want to cool. go first? Yes. So, I've just literally got bullet points of all the reasons. So, we can kind yeah. of just go through that. The first one is that a lot of people claim to enjoy true crime because it shows them how to avoid certain things. Yes. So avoid mm-hmm. scams, avoid situations. Um, see red flags earlier. So a lot of people will mm-hmm. say that they enjoy true crime because of that, which is yep. fair to an extent. I would say that's probably the minority of people, like that's their sole yeah. reason for watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be the first
0: reason. And so there's this series called Only Murders in the Building. And you can find it on Disney+. Plus. And basically it's about these three people who live in the same apartment building and they are obsessed with
1: this true crime
0: podcast and they sort of, this is a fictional podcast.
1: This is a fictional show about characters listening to a true crime podcast.
0: Yes. Okay. And yes. And then basically someone gets murdered who lives in their building And they decide they're going to, yeah, they're basically going to investigate this and they're going to start their own true crime podcast. And there's something that Selena Gomez's character, I think her name's Mabel, she says, I think, like in the first episode, is she has this fantasy. I I think that's the exact word that she says that, like, if someone breaks into your house or whatever, she knows how to. survive she knows what she's going to do like if they get if they get on top of her she's going to grab her knitting needle and she's going to stab them and that's how she's going to (laughs) survive and like is that something I think about all the time because honestly even though I'm not like an avid true crime consumer or anything like that I mean when you're living in South Africa every day that you read the news is a true (laughs) crime episode so like I always think for example when I'm walking back to my car uh, from my work or whatever, I have this big st- one litre stainless steel bottle I carried in my hand and I'm like, if anyone tries to attack me, I'm <laughs> that bashing That is very them in tactical.
1: I need to get a bottle yeah. like that now.
0: <laughs> you do. Maybe Carol Boys <laughs> support small uh, businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that episode <laughs> would have come out yet, but think, stay that's tuned. That's funny. It might. It might have. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, it's just something that goes on in our heads. Like, How are we going to protect ourselves in yeah. the Worst possible situation.
1: Yes, yeah. I think on that yeah, we do really like to um, entertain what ifs, and I think mm-hmm. true crime does it as much as romance movies do that. Um, yeah. We put ourselves in the situations. But on your point of you'll you'll watch and you'll say, ah, oh, but I would never do that kind of thing. I mm. think to an extent, people watch true crime because they want to feel better about themselves. So yeah. for two reasons, feel better about yourself because you are wiser and smarter and you'd never get yourself into mm-hmm. these sticky situations. And then also feel better about yourself because you look at how terrible and evil people in the world can be. And it's like, definitely, well, um, maybe I did something bad, but at least I didn't kill anyone. It's interesting how those shows so true. make us as the watchers, the morally superior. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Another reason that I have done is we're interested to know what drives people to do the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Um, So a few articles that I read all basically said that, you know, humans are complicated. We all sort of have a, you know, like that deep dark side that you sort of want to push away, hide away. And then these people who do these true crimes are truly just letting everything yeah, You know, like their worst possible intentions, they're actually doing those things. Yeah, And so we're interested to know, like, what drives these people, mm-hmm. like what is happening in, like, the the inner workings of their mind. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, most of us, most people don't commit crimes. So obviously when we read about these things that happen, we're like, oh, yeah. that is very interesting, especially, like, the very, very strange, strange ones. Yeah. You know, like it's – like we wouldn't necessarily watch – uh, something about someone who like pickpockets unless it's like a whole gang of them maybe like all no of the for first. sure <laughs> but that's why I said it's I said yeah. previously
1: it's like those very interesting serial killer cases or like you mm-hmm. know exactly yeah, for sure so mm-hmm. I think another just very much adding to your point is I think as humans we are curious especially by the unusual yeah and mm yeah as humans I think in our human minds we do seek to understand like the minds of other people like yeah we all have some sort of interest in human psychology and especially me like it's so weird I remember watching Desperate Housewives and there was this boy um who was like serial killer or whatever but like he was still like a young boy and he came from a really abusive home and there was a stage where I was wondering like hmm I wonder how I would feel about being like a therapist to someone who's committed these crimes just to get inside their brain Mm. and figure it out yeah then I realized I would be hard-pressed to sit in front of someone and they talk about raping a little girl and me not want to kill them yeah um so that thought died down quickly died Pot in the Mm -hmm. bun. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think we really, it is like, we have this innate desire for answers, for understanding, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to other human beings. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I also had similarly, um, is that we like to have puzzles to solve and we like Mm -hmm. to act the detective. So, yeah, even like going beyond trying to understand people's brains, it's also trying to understand like, okay, like, what happened in this case? Like, who actually did it? Especially, you know, like, there'll be some true crime stories where you don't know who did it. I think the Zodiac killer was only... He might have been discovered recently, but, like, for a very long time, nobody knew who he was. Like, there was lots of... um, you know different mm. theories. theories. So like when you watch, yeah. So when you watch things, you kind of your brain's immediately going like, no, it has to be this person because that's too mm-hmm. suspicious or yeah, anything like that. I feel like so. I heard about
1: Madeline McCann, are always all. Oh uh, yeah, it's just 100%. Too Everyone many has their theories. Suspicious events surrounding that whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um. Interestingly, though, I think a lot of people enjoy true crime because there is usually a resolution and it like restores your yes. hope. Exactly. So for I also me, that. <laughs> the thing that keeps me up at night sometimes is I'll watch something like the Madeleine McCain stories and documentaries. Yeah. And I've been following that since her parents won Oprah. Like, uh, just, like I said, my family were mm. into true crime. So, like, for me, the fact that she was never found, like, that sits with me. And, like, I watched a show about a woman. This guy killed her daughter and never, ever told them where he buried the body. And he actually died, like, two years ago in prison. And, like, she pleaded with him for years and wrote him letters and said, like, please, like, I mean, like, I will not reach out to you. I will do it. Please just tell me where my daughter's buried. And like he died without them ever knowing. And like those things I can't I can't deal with. Um, and so I think we definitely do enjoy the true crime where there's a resolution. Like in fiction, like it's fine if it ends mm-hmm. on like a cliffhanger and Cause cause you Hanger. expect yeah. that. But in real life, like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't like that. So we like resolutions and true crime often gives us that yeah mm. I wrote here that's um watching true
0: crimes preserves a lot of people's faith in the justice system yep. um especially when it does have a resolution and I have like that under that my prose. found out nice very
1: nice okay then I think the reason why people like it which is kind of deranged but I can say that I've seen this in myself is sometimes we really like to feel our anger so that's why mm. we'll go on social media and specifically look for things that are going to irritate us. But like my struggles with like women being raped or like racism, I will go find documentaries on that. Hexa. And it makes me more angry. And I'm like, why do you do this yeah. to yourself? But it's, yeah. I don't know, there's something within us and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we should be angry. Maybe we shouldn't be. But it's just mm. interesting how like we willingly choose to feel our anger 100%
0: see I can't always do that especially when it comes to like um sexual abuse or rape or things like that oh my gosh because I'm already angry I'm already angry about it yeah yeah and also like especially if it's sort of a um what is the word like a true crime series, but it's, yeah, like a true crime series, like not a documentary, like someone acts as the person. Yes. And like, I don't yeah. like it if they have to actually show everything that they did. See, so and, like, no, just leave I, it to the I
1: imagination. yeah, no, so I don't really watch stuff. It's more like documentaries. Yeah.
0: Documentaries, like, which is Yeah, fame.
1: There was this one about this woman who literally like took her little sons and like dropped them off at people's houses for the night. And I'm like, the anger that is fueled within me.
0: Horrifying. Anyways. Anyway, Um, I also wrote that people are drawn to the adrenaline of fear. Mm -hmm. So psychology today says that the most basic and the most powerful emotion in all of us is fear. So we are drawn to it naturally Um, and uh, we can't look away from the thrill of the spectacle. And I mean, you see this in the most basic everyday scenarios, like if you're driving on the road and someone has had literally the most minor car accidents everyone is slowing down to stop and look at the car accident even if it's all the way on the other side of the, on the other side of the road people want to see a spectacle yeah. and I, there was this quote that I really like so it might have also been from psychology today but it says serial killers allow us to experience fear and horror in a controlled environment where the thrill is exciting but not real and yeah tick, so, tick. Whatever, serial killers like yeah it's Stories about serial killers or true crime. So, yeah. And it's in a controlled environment, which is way nicer than an uncontrolled
1: environment. Yeah. I think my last one is that um, people enjoy true crime or people say that they watch true crime, Um, Mm -hmm. like specifically documentaries for quote-unquote research. Mm. (laughs) So people dub it as research whatever... Whatever. Yeah. Okay. If you say so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Those are. I'm also. The reasons why people like true crime, and I think I fall into all of those categories at some point, or in some shape Mm. or form. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So we're going to discuss the effects on society. Are we going to do positive and negative effects, or how do you want to do it?
0: Yeah, I basically just did general pros and cons so yes. I didn't necessarily divide it into society or personal so I kind of oh, mixed no, it all
1: need. up yeah I also did okay, but cool. I just divided into yeah. positive and then negative yes should we me start too. with the negative I think so that just feels let's do that yeah. better yes will channel <laughs> <So out laughs> so in a better. true crime documentary by giving the terrible terrible stuff first so that at the end we can have yes. some some justice light at the end of the <laughs> tunnel yes <laughs> yeah
0: Okay, cool. so one of the cons of true crime is that it can have negative psychological effects. What yeah, specifically, what I wrote here is you c- if you consume a lot of it, you can become very paranoid and maybe even start having intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And what one website said, like, globally crime has actually been on the decrease for decades. But when you consume a lot of true crime you are convinced that it is getting worse. And so, yeah, basically, you become very, very paranoid when there might not be a reason. And when I say crime has been decreasing, apparently that is not the case for Africa as a continent. So (laughs) we do have reason (laughs) to be
1: scared. (laughs) But the thing is, like, the crime here is more poverty. Exactly. um, Corruption. It's a very different nature. We don't have, like, uh, as far as I know, we don't have, like, the most sadistic, crazy serial killers. Although... Yeah, we have some of the highest of mine, percentage of serial killers. A friend of mine did tell me about some book that I need to read by someone whose surname is Labuskakhne. That's the only reason I remember. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think we'd be surprised what goes on in in the townships. I think yeah. it's largely a very lawless yeah. place for many people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously it's not always great to be very paranoid and I always think like along with paranoia like when I wrote intrusive thoughts I was thinking like what if you're if you're watching a lot of things that relate to like the killer's perspective or something what if you start having like intrusive thoughts
1: like oh I could just you know I could just do that right now
0: Mm. that's kind of scary
1: to me anyway so you touched on a lot of mine so I'll just... Yes. So you touch just on, repeat anything on you three want to. of mine. So can I discuss all three quickly? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Okay. So just mental... It can be extremely bad for your mental health. Like mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, even though we have these resolutions, um, it's still not healthy, uplifting content by any means. And so not. often when I watch heavy things, like I need an episode of The Office afterwards, like... I very seldom can go to sleep. They say you should do that. I I very seldom can go to sleep without like just some sort of uplifting, a quiet time or the episode of the office or something. Um, But yeah, for those who are already in a negative, bad mental space, it certainly can add to that. Um, And then again, like you said, people become paranoid. And I read people Mm. tend to live in fear yeah. So whereas the intention might be, okay, now I know how to survive and avoid this. It's more like, I am so afraid to trust another human being. Exactly. Um, and yeah, you, there's, what kind of life is a life where you live in fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that's similar to what you said is, I, I said that it can send evil people over the edge. And mm. what's scary is this is not even just in true crime. Because there are reports of people who watch the TV series Dexter, um, mm-hmm. like those murderers and stuff, and have said in interviews yeah. afterwards that they were heavily influenced by that. Sure, it's pretty scary. So it is very scary when you watch these things, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, it can, it can, if you're already in, and I'm. <sighs> Yes, I think any anyone has the capacity for evil. But there are certain people who... There's very typical profiles of people who commit yeah. certain kinds of crimes. It's generally mm-hmm. like a missing figure in their life or abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. Or... Mm-hmm. I mean, you get people who've had perfect lives and also go over the edge. But... Yeah. Some people are just sociopaths or psychopaths. Yes. So, yeah, like, for those people who they already have serious, like someone who's got border personality disorder, for example, um, yeah. and is already having these thoughts. You watch something like this and it's like, okay, like that's what sets you over the edge. And that, mm-hmm. to actually think that that's a reality is like most unthinkable. <laughs> Awful. So, yeah, and it can just do more harm than like any other genre, I would say, like. Mm-hmm. If you hear a lame pickup line on a TV show and you use it in real life, the worst is mm-hmm. that you will be laughed at and
0: yeah, it'll be a bit embarrassing.
1: Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's it's incredibly yeah. scary to think. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. So another thing I wrote is that it can cause people to become apathetic or desensitized to crime and suffering. So, like, Mm. you've seen worse, so this isn't that bad. And I remember there was, I don't know if it was a trend on TikTok or I just found myself there among among the people making these videos. But it was basically these people who were, like, very interested in true crime. And, they like, the video would be, like, "Um, I usually don't get bothered by murder, but and then they would mention, like, this case. And I'm, like hello, like, you should be mo- bothered by murder, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, like, I think to ever become desensitized to something
1: mm-hmm.
0: like murder, like sexual assault, like anything like that, like you sort of have to realize that that's definitely not a good thing. And there has you to know, be like, a level of
1: compassion. There has to be a level of apathy when you watch something like this. If you're going to continually mm. watch it, because you can't completely break down and fall apart exactly. every single day of your life. But you also mm. can't act like it's nothing. And so it's scary that we manage to find the balance and many don't. Mm. So, yeah, that is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. So for the most part, I would say that it doesn't really ever help victims. In fact, it more exploits yeah. those who've mm-hmm. had like people close to them, like full victim to crime or whatever. Um, yeah. So especially documentaries where there aren't family members who are involved, involved. or like speak. Yeah. For me, that always like, I don't know. It's just like, as a family, let's just say you've gone through this like hectically devastating thing. And like, for someone else to take that story and put it out for the world to see and essentially enjoy to some form because it's a form of entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's incredibly sad. And it's like, let's just say you're 10 years down the line because documentaries aren't made like a day after the case is solved. 10 mm. years down the line, like, I feel like it's easy to make progress and try and like come to terms with situations, but then to have it brought up again, Um. Mm. And have a whole new wave of people knocking on your door and wanting answers and wanting to ask things like, I don't exactly. know, I think it can be very, very scary and dangerous and sad. And so I always mm. think like Ted Bundy's daughter, cause you know, he got his yeah. wife pregnant um, mm-hmm. while he was in jail, how that happens. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Scary. And, like, obviously the daughter changed her name and no one knows who she is. But, like, that's not necessarily the case for everyone. Yeah. And so just, like, imagine the impacts of, like, having to go to school and having all your school friends have watched a documentary about your sister. I know. Oh, Um, my gosh. And it's just, like, to a degree there's, like, I think some people want the justice and want the awareness – but I'm sure that there are lots of people that just feel so exploited by tragedy, by mm. their tragedy, that other people yeah. are, like have taken their story and now it's a form of entertainment. And I can't imagine exactly. that that helps. And that that's sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I also wrote two similar points. And so the one is, I think it's a negative to profit off of people's pain, um, mm-hmm. especially like without the permission of, family members and like that's one of the more iffy bits about true crime like someone can literally just make a
1: documentary or a series or whatever about mm. something without like consulting a family member and imagine um, going through now you've gone through something difficult and now you're like okay someone's like okay you should just sue them for the doc
0: imagine like yeah like no no thank you the energy and yeah it's so like it's a very weird thing to think about especially um yeah, like there was this sort of meme going around, of podcasters or YouTubers who would randomly insert ads into the weirdest parts of their like episodes, like, detailing specific cases. So we're like, oh, and she was, um, she was stabbed while she was cooking her meal. But you don't need to worry about that if you have Hello Fresh, you know, <laughs> like that kind of meme going around, like,
1: wow. like
0: literally, rat- you know, it's like, um, what the heck. Yeah. Should we yeah. profit off of people suffering? And then my other point was <laughs> I called it um the death of morality, which is, you know, finding enjoyment in real in a real person's suffering. And
1: mm-hmm. like just for
0: example, people have a favorite murder. This is my favorite crime that happened. And it's like sh- should we be having a favorite murder? Like that, that It's sort of weird to weird. think about. Yeah. Exactly. Aww. Um yeah, it all just like goes back to, you know, being desensitized and it essentially all becomes entertainment for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are my points. Well, not all of them, but relating to that. (laughs) Yes.
1: Okay. Then my next one was, it gives sociopaths and narcissists exactly what they want. Yes, because a lot of people commit these crimes for the attention. There's a reason why they leave, like letters at the crime scene. They want pe- they want mm-hmm. to be known as this, like sadistic, like serial killer. And you, like for the most part, people who commit these crimes have some sort of they gain some sort of pleasure from obviously committing these crimes. But then they get caught, and yet they continue. To experience some sort of pleasure because now mm-hmm. the world knows their name. Some people simply want to be famous and they they yeah. achieve just that. They're in prison. Everyone knows their name. They don't care mm-hmm. because of their lack of moral compass. They do not care that, you know, they've been arrested um, and people like quote unquote hate them people know their name and that's like what's most important. Mm. And like people have Mm. made money off of like signing book contracts in prison. And like crazy, I look at like people in people have sent like love letters to serial killers. I know there's a guy, I can't remember his name now. I'm going to chat about the documentary later, but there's this guy and he killed his wife and his two daughters like horrendously. And he gets love letters in prison. Like, love letters. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, I look at, like, someone like the guy who headed up the, the like, fundamentalist Mormon group that kind of grew out of latter Yeah, Latter-day, Latter-day Warren, Warren Jeffs. Yes. And, like... Warren... Yes. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, he still has contact with the world and, like, people are fascinated and, like... Mm-hmm. He's still doing... B- damage everything bad by being in prison and so I I don't know I'm like if you want to make a documentary do it after the serial killer is like dead and gone or something yeah because Um, I always google yeah like if I google and see that like I watch a documentary and that person is still in prison like it gives me chills or if that person is like out of Mm -hmm. prison which is even more hectic Uh -uh. that gives me chills I'm like how is this as possible i know so i just feel like it's so dangerous because it gives psycho people exactly what they want and that just feels so mm-hmm. unfair mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, i um my next point was it often results in the romanticization the sexualization and the glorification of seriously bad people and just bizarre. one yeah and there seems to be this phenomenon when casting, like, really bad people in series or whatever, that they sort of, you know, they make them more attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say it as it is. Yeah. And, like, just for example, Ted Bundy, while he was, like, an, attract- an attractive man, like, he was a, like, that was his whole thing. Like, he would yeah. sort of rope he these women normal, in. He was normal. But, I mean, when they unquote. casted Zach Efron into that movie, what's it? Wicked... Something, yes, I don't
1: I'll know. Tell it's a very you long know. Title. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile.
0: Yeah, like to me, Zach Efron is way, way, way more attractive than Ted Bundy ever uh, was. I know why, I know why. Yeah. But the comments people made about Zach Efron as Ted Bundy were horrific. Like, oh I would let I would let him um, murder me. I would let him do you know what with me um, if he wanted <laughs> to. And I think like this sexualization no. and glorification of bad people is you know uh, uh, makes you feel really icky, yeah
1: No that's a yeah. No. so I think that's it does like it me. just
0: does something to your brain because we have this I think as humans, you have this thing where you associate good looking people with like being better. It's just like a societal
1: <laughs> thing, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, then I wrote that the influence that it can have on people's judgment can be dangerous. So mm. true crime is dominated by the media and the media allows you to think one way. So the mm. way that something is reported or documented, it's the same as like anything else in the news. It like causes you to believe one thing or the other. So like for example, all the documentaries that have come out on Madeline McCain... A lot of people are blamed mm. their parents and then other people don't think mm. it's their parents at all. And that is purely based on the, the way it's written about, the way it's spoken about, the way that it yeah. was filmed. And that mm-hmm. is, that I think is dangerous, especially like in countries like the US, where they mm. have a jury. Like imagine yeah. being on a jury and being ob- like trying to be objective when you have, when you've watched all these things and seen all these things and you've been fed a mm. specific narrative. So I think that can be dangerous, especially because if you, let's just, for example, you see like you gain this hatred towards serial killers and you're fascinated by them and then you get put on a jury and it's like, I want to be one of the people that bring down a serial killer and then you like accuse Mm -hmm. an innocent man. Like, I don't know, it just seems like you can be heavily influenced and I think it can be more dangerous than like another genre because it's like... Mm -hmm crime it's people's lives yeah so yeah yeah.
0: definitely scary and yeah I wrote um, it can encourage vigilantism at the expense of due process so basically public opinion can shape anything and I think even now um, with the rise of social media you can actually watch true crime as it happens in the sense Johnny Depp and Amber Heard yeah, and also um, like just for example, one of the sites was her name Gabby Petito. I don't know if you remember that. Her, I think it happened last year. But she was like a YouTuber or something like that. I could literally be saying false things. Was who went missing?
1: Who, her boyfriend or fiance or whatever. Yeah, was a cute. Yeah, and basically
0: at the time, everyone was like, everyone was saying it was the boyfriend. It was the boyfriend. It was the boyfriend. Because you know, people think that they can now become these detectives. Yeah. And it can definitely skew how things happen because, like you said, you know, people are being involved um, in these cases as they happen, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that could be quite, quite scary. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Those are all the ones I wrote under negative yeah. impact.
0: I wrote one last thing, and basically that it can sort of lead to stereotypes that are not necessarily true, mm. in the sense that a lot of true crime, for example, will show, like will be about victims who are maybe white women in America, Mm -hmm. where like in America, especially victims of crime are mostly like black men, apparently. So it can sort of skew an idea of what's really happening. So, yeah.
1: yeah. It's interesting just because like women are the majority of people who watch crime documentaries, but it is Mm. a lot more common for a man to be killed by a serial killer than a woman, but the documentaries are about Already? women and yeah, women are, yeah, the main audience. Yeah, I was reading up yeah. on that.
0: Hectic, that is yeah. quite interesting.
1: So that's actually very true. You definitely mm. can develop those internalized stereotypes. Like every antisocial mm. person, like you, like <gasps> they were abused as a child and they're antisocial. They're about exactly. to kill someone. Exactly. Not cool. Not cool.
0: Okay, so we've yeah. got a lot of cons. <laughs> I have <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite, a, quite a lot less pros, to be <laughs> honest, too. but I think we can still chat them. Anyway, <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we can move on to that. So Zara, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yes. So the one thing that I think is a a weird positive about true crime is you realize that things can, in fact, happen to you. So this, yeah. you know, you have this, it'll never happen to me, but I think the more true crime you consume, mm-hmm. the more you realize, wow, this actually as terrifying as this is, it's not as unusual, like stalking. Yeah, Stalking is so much more common oh. than you'd think. Like I terrifying. personally know people who've been stalked. So like, it's a thing. And so I think it is a thing when you consume true crime, you become a lot more like aware of the fact that you can't live in yeah. blissful ignorance actually, because yeah. it, it can happen to you. It's weird yeah. that that's a positive, but yeah. No.
0: And like, for me, that's one of the reasons I don't always enjoy watching true crime. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like, you know, about stalkers or serial killers or whatever. Yeah. Like anything that happens, like anything that's very sort of gruesome mm-hmm. Oh, I do I do not like it. Um, I don't mind fantasy things, by the way. Like, I love I love Game of Thrones. Very gruesome. It's but, yeah, um, but it's very different. <laughs> it's different. It's different because I'm like, it, it wouldn't happen to me. But then with these other things, I'm like, I literally could be pulled off the street and kidnapped and kept in someone's basement. I could. Yes. Maybe that's a main character complex, but it could happen to anyone. Maybe someone know. is
1: going to become obsessed with our podcast and want to kidnap us. And Just live stream that. our we,
0: We're so annoying, actually. Agreed.
1: agree. Well, you do not want... <laughs> to kidnap us it's not worth it no
0: um yeah so i one of my similar points to that was uh, that it can make you more aware of your surroundings and while Mm -hmm. that can also be a negative in the sense that you are uh, not trusting people but if you sort of know what to look for in the sense of like okay that person maybe looks a bit dodgy i'm gonna stay away and
1: Mm -hmm. like dodgy in
0: any way like there's no one way to look dodgy but you know like I don't know, I always feel like if you get a bad a bad feeling about someone or something or a situation, just stay away, yeah. in my opinion. For
1: sure. Um, yeah. Cool. cool. So I'll just piggyback off that that one because it's similar. I said, like, you do, in a sense, get real-life survival tips. And, like, we've spoken about yeah, that. So I'm, also not gonna, that yeah. I'm not going to speak too much more about it. But, like you said, you become more alert, you know mm-hmm. – when to trust and when not to trust and you learn to be safe rather than sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was reading, I didn't write it down because I don't know, it was too much, but there was something like there is, when you listen to True Crime or watch True Crime, there's something that happens to your neural pathways that can, I can't remember exactly, but it can actually help you to like be ready quicker in an an emergency, something like that. Wow.
1: Interesting. I don't yeah.
0: I don't know. i don't, go fact check me. Not that I said anything that's super in detail. <laughs> uh, okay. So another pro is that it can give a voice to the voiceless and help to expose injustices in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the key like immediately when I wrote that down, I thought of the series When They See Us, which is on Dude. Netflix.
1: I'm showing Danielle nice. my notes. Awareness <laughs> example <laughs> yes. when they see us, we have yes. the same. We are the same. Same brain, and we same look brain. the same. Basically we look like twins. sisters, actually. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> we were once so that. we were in high school. Anyway, um, so when they see us is a brilliant series about the Central Park Five. And I would highly recommend that you go watch it. If you have the capacity to watch something like that, it is very, very difficult to watch. My like mom was angry
1: with me. She's like, how can you make me watch this stuff? I'm like, lady, I'm not making you watch it. It's on the TV. Yeah. You can I go in the same room. Th-
0: I say the same thing to my mom. My mom will pick the most awful, awful things to watch. And she's just watching it. And I'm there like, Why? "What When you get killed you by that? a bear. <laughs> yes. Awful. Um, but yeah, I think that was my point. Yeah, giving a voice to the voiceless, exposing injustices. And yeah, as long as it's done in a respectful way.
1: there's yeah.
0: I think there's a very fine line between give, like raising awareness
1: and then exploiting. Yeah, so the nice thing about yeah. when they see us, so this is true crime but done in a fictionalised way because it's a retelling of yeah. the story. But all the boys were... Involved in the making of that. Good. So you'll see on Netflix, there's, um, uh, when they see us, there's like a special that uh, where I think it was Oprah interviewed, um, the director, I watched it, it, the director Mm. and the, the men who were, who were accused, um, wrongfully accused, but yes, Mm. it definitely provides an awareness that is, I think very, very important, um, yeah, I think the way you put it was it gives the vo- a voice to the voiceless is v- a very good way to put it. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> cool.
0: Your turn, I think.
1: Yeah, we keep on having the same points, I uh, lose track. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Stop copying me. Okay. Sorry. So another thing is that I said that it keeps us curious. I know that sounds mm. like a strange thing, but I think it's good. I to get it keep yourself thinking and wanting Mm. there's a lot of value in wanting to understand why people are the way they are um yeah and yeah I don't know I think there's just it keeps you thinking and I think Mm. that's
0: that's cool I get you I don't know if I'm weird yeah yeah and yeah I also wrote that it can form people how the justice system works, or in some cases doesn't, doesn't work. work. And um, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think we are largely sort of unaware of how things go down,
1: mm-hmm. unless
0: you watch maybe documentaries or something yeah. about a trial. One really good, this is not necessarily related to my point, but another, uh, apparently it's in the true crime genre, is the trial of the Chicago 7. Yes, I still really, haven't watch that movie. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, yeah, it obviously focused largely on the trial, as the name would imply. Which is important and
1: because, yeah, yeah, a lot of the time you only see the first part and not the second part. Yeah. But someone can be arrested and charged, but the trial is a whole other monster yeah. to tackle. On, yeah. on the other hand, like someone also
0: said, one of the... Um, Bad sides of that of how a lot of series, like especially if it's fictionalized, how it shows the trial, it can make it seem more exciting than it actually is in real life. So like people Yeah, so people will go into exhausting. Yeah, especially if there's a if you're part of a jury, you might think like, oh, it's gonna be so exciting and so spicy and all that kind of stuff, but in reality it's not, and people like lose track. They're not really interested anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's on the, on the other side. <laughs> this is my last point. Um, <laughs> but I as have I'm reading n- it, it's I'm not, none more. It's not n- so much. Oh, none more. Perfect. I have none more. It's, it's not so much as a, like a general pro, but it is a pro for some people. Mm-hmm. And that is that for a lot of people, true crime soothes them. So a lot of people can I read literally, this as well. Yeah, I listen to a podcast about true crime and it puts them to sleep. And I'm like, you know what? you got to find what works for you. I'm also like, maybe that's kind of a con. Maybe you should be thinking about why you are soothed by people's suffering.
1: I thoroughly enjoy but, true crime. But like I said, like I have to watch like an episode of The Office before I go to sleep. I can't just like yeah. watch something and then yeah. merrily just fade into yeah. oblivion. Hop
0: onto bed. No, no thank you.
1: I... um.
0: Yeah, I read I think one of well, there was some article saying like how do you know if you're watching too much to crime, like how do you know if you're being bothered by it? And one thing they did say is like if you are feeling like feeling like that, you know, watch watch a comedy series or something in between. Mm. So you are doing the right sure. thing, Zora. Good job. Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. that's all I have.
0: Yeah. I had a quote that I forgot to read. <laughs> I'm ready but, for it. Um basically it said True crime turns the courtroom into entertainment and it transforms people's real lives into narratives for us to consume.
1: So there That we is are. exactly Something what it does.
0: Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yes. Um, obviously, there's a lot to say about true crime. It's a very, very big genre. Lots of people have lots of thoughts on it. Um, yes. But I think at the end of the day, everyone can enjoy some aspect of it. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, I yeah. might not always be watching everything, but
1: I watch some things. <laughs> yes. You need to just watch Unbelievable. Start with that. No, I will. Of all. I, my I really will at some point. I really will at some point. I'm sure I'll watch more Kim Mongols at some point. At some point. <laughs> so true. Um cool. Okay. I'm interested so no one ever interacts. Okay? But I just I wanna know. say lame. please like and subscribe and rate this podcast and follow us on Instagram. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I like the most is when people interact. And so I'm interested to know this is a kind of fun topic, um and a little bit different to the stuff we usually do and like yeah. fairly focused in and on one thing. And so I'm interested if there's more stuff like that people are interested in us doing. So
0: I can say that I do you want to do more episodes like this? And yes, one is, it's I, fun. I did want to do one on the family channels and the ethics of like child yes. YouTubers and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, I think it'll be quite interesting to do a, a little so deep too. dive episode on that as well because uh, that, that topic makes me very angry. Yes. So,
1: yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. So. Well, thank you for joining with us through yes this episode and don't kill people thank you do not do that don't become part of a true crime series especially
0: no. if you're the main character in it <laughs> that's always a
1: bad because oh, yeah. then either you end up dead or you end up the serial killer and neither of exactly those are terrible good <laughs> positions to be in anyways guys okay remember so Mhm. sharing is caring sharing is caring
0: So, in In other other words,
1: words, (laughs) share this with everyone you've ever met. People who love crime, true true crime, people (laughs) who hate true crime, all the people. Share with everyone, all the people. All right, guys. Bye. Bye bye.